What's up, gentlemen? This is Rising Phoenix Podcast, the podcast about how to rise up after your divorce. I'm your host, Michael Rhodes. Let's get into it. Welcome to the show. This is episode 52. This is the first in the podcast uh, series, episodes, uh, show. <laughs> We're, I'm recording this one, and I sort of have a live audience. And joining me today is Mr. Justin Dillahanty. Uh, we have a series of things we're going to talk about, and we're just going to jump right into it. So, uh, first of all, Justin, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Mate, we love these type of things, man. Creating awareness for men, educating, and uh, mate, it's what I love doing most. Yeah, man. I'm excited about this. Uh, so, let's talk. So, what we're going to do is we're going to talk uh, about six different topics. I'm sure other things will come up as we get yeah. done uh, with one topic. We'll then take some questions from the guys. Um, uh, so first, first topic is one that comes up a lot in this particular group. Uh, by the way, we're in the divorce support for men group in Facebook. Um, and loneliness is a big topic this uh, time of year, especially, uh, it's, it's pretty, uh, prevalent in people because of the holidays and stuff. So let's talk about loneliness. Let's talk about, um, you know, we, we, I don't think we need to define it, but what do we do about it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's important for us to recognize the, the core, core issue with loneliness or where it stems from, or also maybe another way to look at it is the origin of it. What causes it? Um, loneliness is a lack of connections, the absence of connection. And so if we look at that, where we've kind of become reliant, if we've constructed our life in a way, just say, for example, we have, we don't like the person that we are. We're in a constant states where we might be unconsciously disconnecting from ourselves because we don't like the person that we are. Like you think about it, for example, if you go into a room with somebody and you're sitting around and you don't like the person they are, you're forced to kind of be there. It's like, shit, man, how do I get away from this person? So it's like, well, how do we, how do we know whether we like ourselves or not? Disconnection happens in many different ways. Another name for that is disassociation. A lot of men in particular will emotionally disassociate because we don't like feelings and emotions. We don't like, um, you know, that internal dialogue that, play, that, you know, there might be that tape that plays in the back of our head 24 seven that tells us that we're not enough. We're not lovable. Um, and consequently we construct our relationships in a way that orchestrates the outcome that validates those beliefs. So if we don't like and respect ourselves, then we will find these little ways to, at an unconscious level, disconnect from ourselves. Um, and if we're not connected, truly connected with ourselves, we don't like and respect ourselves. We won't enjoy our own company. No. So loneliness happiness has, as a consequence of a, with the absence of connection. So if we're not connecting with ourselves, then we're going to feel lonely. And, you know, if we're looking at this time of year, what exacerbates that is a lot of the things that happen visually for us is, you know, you might find yourself walking down a, uh, you know, in a shopping center and you see happy families walking around. And if you've, you know, recently gone through a divorce and you're finding that that's not you, that kind of takes you back to moments when you did have that at certain points. And that kind of really increases the emotional intensity of the situation that you're in at the moment. So then it's kind of like when there's an emotion that's triggered, it, you know, it triggers all these, these thoughts and these beliefs and that triggers more emotion and then, you know, creates that ongoing cycle, the perpetual cycle where we can't get out of it. And, um, you know, and that kind of exaggerates different thoughts as well. Like I'm never going to get up into another relationship. You might start reflecting on how you should have done better in that relationship. You wouldn't be in this situation that you are now and you go into shame, you know, internal sh um, shame, self-talk, calling yourself a fuck up, you know, not good enough, not worthy, not deserving, not lovable, all these types of terrible things. Um, and in the Africa, we call this the first developmental stage that we work through, which is self-flagellation. And it's literally self-harm that internal yeah. self-talk. Yeah. yeah. And so what, I mean, what is the answer then? Oh, well, the answer is it's self-connection. So we've got to go through a process of learning to like and respect ourselves. And, um, you know, as you know, by going through the alpha code, man, it's a multifaceted approach in order to achieve that outcome. Um, it's about building genuine self-worth. So from self-flagellation, it's self-acceptance. It's self so what do we have a look at? You know, there's underlying all this is core shame and it's an inability for us to like and respect ourselves, um, to enjoy our own company. We can't actually hang out with us. So then we try to fill the void at any expense. You know, this is all child, childhood developmental issues. And, um, and a lot of us, we get to our 30s, 40s and 50s and recognize things haven't been working out the way that we want and good times and good feelings, good emotions, they just don't seem to hang around very long. But that's because we have a deeply ingrained belief of unworthiness and, uh, you know, we have terrible self-worth issues. So it's about building genuine self-worth and, you know, you will never feel lonely um, ever again if you actually like your own company. So building self-worth requires us to overcome that shame and that terrible relationship that we have with ourselves. 
ultimately we have to look at it and we say, well, the relationships that we have with someone else is simply just a reflection of the relationship that we have with ourselves. A lot of guys end up out of toxic relationships. We'll, we'll label it toxic, you know, and we have a look at that word toxic. It's kind of, it erodes the soul, man. You know, it makes us lose ourselves in the attempt to hold on to someone else. But what, what happens if we leave one of these toxic relationships, then we'll create that toxic relationship with ourselves, independent of being in that relationship. So it matters not whether we're in it, we'll reproduce the same narrative in our life as a single person. But the problem with that is that we don't have, we, we can't defend ourselves against ourselves. We can defend ourselves against somebody else, sure. but you can't defend yourself against, defend yourself against, against yourself. So the court, so there's so many different ways in which we build self-worth and it's certainly outside the topic of today's conversation because we'd need a few hours to, you know, help a man completely fucking reassemble himself from the ground up. Um, but it is exactly that. It's rebuilding the foundations. It's overriding the original, you know, uh, that original childhood template that we grew up accepting as normal. And, um, yeah, it really is about, yeah, reprogramming, man. It's a reprogram reprogramming process. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a quick fix, right? it's not a quick fix. And what we can find is, and I knew you see it, man, through hundreds of guys that have been through the alpha code is that you get dramatic results in a very short period of time. Okay. But to, so, so there's a difference between change and transformation. Transformation is a change of identity. Change is something which occurs and it can occur in an instant very rapidly. Okay. But because everything that's driven by neural pathways in the brain and our nervous system, our emotional state and identity is just held upheld and supported by so many different things. Maybe most people don't recognize the, the architecture of an identity it's it's critical for us to understand at some point that everything is driven by that identity so change can occur very quickly and that's why we're able to get guys out of states of depression and anxiety beginning to feel really good about themselves because of the, the implementation the practical the practical application of everything that we teach allows us to to experience that change in a very rapid short period of time true transformation requires us to utilize those tools and implement everything that we've learned from a theory um, component and for a period of time in order for us to really embody everything that we've learned. But the challenge with that is that if we don't have accountability over an extended period of time, then we kind of, it's very easy for us to go back to our default settings, right? Yeah. Because we look at, we, we look at our life as it is and natural human behavior is to remain exactly as we are, you know, first call human need is certainty. So the body and the mind and the soul will seek certainty before uncertainty or variety okay so when guys experience uncertainty after a bad break um a back end of a breakup there's a, there's an identity issue who the fuck am i now mm-hmm. you know yeah so guys feel very lost and confused and empty and depressed and what we find a lot of guys experience depression off the back end of relationship because two things um depression happens to depression is actually a more more severe um, version of sadness and grief and so when we look at what grief is it's the absence of love right so we feel depressed as a consequence of that but then also if a man has neglected multiple different areas of his life and only focused on serving and you know making sure that he can uphold that relationship because he has such great fears of of the departure or that ending because he won't know who he is afterwards and he mm-hmm. begins to lose himself in the relationship you know and then we've got an identity fucking issue over here Right. Right. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. Man. So, uh, I got a couple questions. So, uh, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to try just use first name. So I'll say John, uh, he says a question. So we feel lonely because we do, we do not like ourselves. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Loneliness is the absence of connection. And so if we can't connect with ourselves, it's because we don't like ourselves and we haven't got the skills and strategies to, 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 to be able to connect with ourselves. So why would we want to connect with someone that we dislike? And if we dislike ourselves, we'll find ways to disconnect from ourselves. And the way that we do that, drugs, alcohol, porn, sex, masturbation, gambling, fucking video games. By the way, if we're still playing video games in our 30s and 40s, we really are you know, maintaining the archetype of a teenager. <laughs> oh, shit. So that's, that's the reason why, man. That's the reason why we feel lonely. Um, and I can talk firsthand from my own experience um, or if, if we are used to somebody else's company, then we're used to gaining that connection. And so when there's a very quick interrupt and that's no longer there, then it's quite a, it's quite an enormous jolt for us, you know? And yeah. so then it takes us a period of time of learning to reconnect with ourselves to feel that sense of wholeness and completion. And I, and I, and I think it's really important for men to do that before entering 
and going on the next romantic endeavor. Okay. Cause it's really important that we fucking regroup, man. We reassemble ourselves. We get to know who we are outside of a relationship, pick ourselves up and, um, and again, go back and, you know, tidy up the, the wounds to the ego, self-worth issues. You know, if we end up going back into a relationship right now, it's with the attempt to fill the gaping in a hole, you know, the hole in our soul, soul the void. And that's not responsible. Okay. Cause it means that we kind of haven't got over the last one. We have unfinished business. And it's important for us to yeah, regroup, rebuild, feel good and not, not choose to get into a relationship because we need someone to fill the void, but invite someone into an already enjoyable life that you've created for yourself. And it's such a, it's so much more of a powerful place to be. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of questions, but I, w- I want to sort of detour and you can speak about this because you, you've gone through it recently yourself, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you had a breakup. Uh, it, it was not pleasant, as uh, most of them aren't. Um, so you okay. can speak to experience. And where yeah. are you? Where are you, I'm curious. This is definitely a bit of a detour. But where are you at now in terms of mm. like looking for a new relationship or, or not? Yeah, no, I'm not, man. That's only we're still relatively fresh. It's about five months um that we've been apart now and um you know only recently we've just decided to stop communicating because it was kind of dragging it out a little bit um through the breakup experiment and um that i that i chose to do for a couple of reasons one is because um uh, you know it's it's my my truth i ask myself the question if i'm if i'm going to go through this then i i want to use it as an opportunity to add value but then also grow as an individual so I'm always looking for ways in which I can grow and using any circumstance or situation that I can, I can use that as uh, use anything as a growth opportunity for myself. And I like to encourage guys to do the same thing. So for me to be vulnerable at the highest level um, was such an enormous growth opportunity for me and to cry on camera and show the world how much pain I was going through. But not only that, to show that this is the process and that it's normal to experience sadness and grief, um, at, at, you know, even if it's off the back end of a toxic relationship, which mine wasn't toxic, you know, it was just, you know, a, a, a mis, mis, uh, misalignment of values. So, you know, I certainly felt lonely after that. Okay. Um, because there was the absence of love there for me. And there's kind of like, there was, we've become emotionally dependent, not, not codependent, but depending on someone, you know, like you you have a dependency for them to do certain things for them to be there. And, you know, when that's not there, it's like the loss of a, you know, of an animal or something, man, you just, it's, it's normal. It's normal to feel low. It's normal to feel depressed. It's normal to feel sad. Um, but what I chose to do, and I made a decision around that because, you know, integrity is really important to me. Everything that we preach inside the Alpha Code, well, I've got to be the living, breathing product of it. So it's been a long time since I've felt grief at that level. But, you know, there were times where I lent into some pretty dark emotional states that I thought, fuck, mate, I might not come out of this. And uh, and that's that's what intoxication does to you, man, where there's a, a high level um, of a dump in, in, in chemicals in the body that affects our psychology that affects how we think and behave and, you know, what our beliefs are. And, you know, sometimes I mean, I was really, really fucking depressed. You know, I felt really, really low and really, really sad. And, and, and during those moments, I thought life's shit, you know, I thought, fuck, this sucks, man. So, you know, and, but, and we call it leaning in or, or the invitation of those emotions and those feelings so that we can express them from the body so that we can heal at a rapid pace. And I can tell you right now, I've had relationship breakups, which have dragged out years, man. And it's because I didn't process it properly, but I can tell you right now, mate, this has been a rapid processing and it's not that I don't get sad from time to time now, but geez, man, it's fucking rapid, you know, the, the growth from it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned depression a few times there, and that's the next topic. So let's, guys, I know mm. you got some questions. I'll, I'll get back to them. Uh, let's mm. talk depression. What, what is yeah. it? Let's define it. Uh, and then yes. how do we, how do we tackle it? The psychotherapeutic industry has their different opinion on this. Um, but I've worked with nine different psychologists who had an inability to be able to help me overcome depression. What I found is what was good about it is that um, I would talk about my problems in that chair, which would give me more awareness. And with awareness, we have choice. We can't change something that we're not aware of because we're just deleting that information altogether. It's not just, just not a part of our reality. But also found it to be a form of codependency as well. Mm-hmm. I would turn up, I'd pay money. They would become reliant on, my, on me for their financial survival. I'd become reliant on them for my emotional survival. So it was kind of like this and this pattern formed where I'd turn up and you know, it's like taking an emotional shit on their rug and leaving 24 to 40 hours later after feeling that catharsis and feeling lighter, I'd be back up in my head feeling depressed and not anxious. And I was like, fuck, where does this thing stop? So <clears throat> what I recognized through the process is um, 
you know, what causes depression? And I can't say from a, you know, there's been no clinical trials or anything like that. But what I can say without a shadow of a doubt is that when we live aligned to our authentic self and we, and, and as a consequence of living aligned to those true core values of ours, it's very difficult for depression to exist. It really is because what I've noticed is that depression happens when men don't know who they are and they don't have a purpose in life. Okay. So there's that part. And there's also what I've also recognized is that there's grief. So we have all these different identities and a lot of guys just don't know that they have these identities because they've never done a values elicitation. They've never questioned who they are. And they might say, I'm a dad or I'm a partner, I'm a, I'm a husband, or they might give themselves a title at work or whatnot. But the greatest, the greatest threat to a man's mental and emotional health is if he, does, he actually doesn't have an idea who he is. He doesn't know what his true north is. He doesn't know where he's going in life. Okay. So that's why it's really important for men to have a purpose. And it's not like your job needs to be your purpose, but it needs to be a reason for you to fucking exist. You know, a lot of guys are quite limp and they're passive and they're weak in terms of their character. Um, so ultimately what we're talking about here is a, um, is a collapsation of identities. So let me give you a bit of a narrative here just to put this into perspective, because I know there might be a bit of ambiguity with the, the conversation here. So I'll, I'll talk quite literally. Man will, a man and, and woman, whatever, you know, they, you know, if we look at, let's take romantic relationships because it's the, 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 the sort of topic of the conversation. We, we unconsciously create a version of ourselves and present a version of ourselves that we deem to be appealing to the opposite sex or the same sex, it matters not. So we present a version of ourselves which might be confident, self-assured, we've got all our shit together, uh, we lead with our strengths, okay, knowing that we've got, you know, some deep deficits and flaws and imperfections, which we all do. And that's what we need to learn to accept. So we get into this relationship, we, we, we experience a high level of euphoria, emotional intensity, a lot of sex, a lot of passion, intimacy. Now, if you're a man that struggles with poor self-worth and you don't like yourself, Okay, this is like a glove-like fit because what this does, it's filling the hole in the soul, man. It's filling the void and it feels like we've finally arrived. And I've gone into relationships feeling that at emotional intensity. It's quite infatuation. Most guys will say, I'm fi I finally found the one. I'm in love, but it's not love yet. It's infatuation. It's a, it's a dump in chemicals, man, that floods the receptor sites in the brain that, allow, that causes us to get lost in the moment and choose to, to, to sidestep seeing those fucking very real red flags at the start of that relationship. So after about three to six months, then compatibility comes into play because all our values come to the surface, all the dysfunction, all the things that we hid about ourselves, what she hid about herself come to the surface. And it's like, far out, man. I'm not drunk anymore. I'm not high anymore. This is the truth. So as the, it's kind of like an inverse relationship between those endorphins and, and compatibility in a sense, you know? So it's like as the, as the endorphins and, and that high rush from the start of that relationship honeymoon period begins to reduce, then compatibility um, stuff comes to the surface, right? Yeah. So that's where our dysfunctions and we can't lie about who we are for a certain amount of, you know, after a certain amount of time. So what happens is as this relationship begins to turn toxic, chaotic, dysfunctional, as, we, as we're in this relationship that's filling that void inside of us, we begin to unconsciously neglect all the other things that are really important to us. We might have had a great friendship group before, you know, a great, you know, with all the guys. We used to, you know, you might go out and do sports and things like that, catch up and, you know, you know, might have a beer from time to time, barbecues, camping, whatever it might be. Then you might look at different areas of your life that, you know, made you the person that you were back there. You might have had hobbies, you know, and you focused on your career and all those types of things. But if we have a weak character, if we don't know who we are, we don't have a strong sense of self and we've gone into that relationship to fill the void and feel better about ourselves, then what happens is we redirect our attention only on that relationship because that's fulfilling every single one of our needs. So we neglect all the other areas of our life and make that the primary purpose of our life. So the relationship actually becomes the purpose, not the other things in life, right? Yep. So that becomes our number one thing. In a sense, we've collapsed all the identities that uphold those other important areas of our life. And we're focusing on one because that fills us. Yep. So as that begins to deteriorate and erode, that triggers abandonment, anxiety, and fear and concern within us. And then we become more agreeable, more needy, more passive, weaker, and just accommodating. And then that's quite unappealing for, for the feminine because they lose trust and respect for us. And, and around that time that that happens, we've got sexual desire die off. And what's really important to note here and write this down and put a fucking circle around it, fellas, people are not loyal to people. I don't care if you have a ring on your finger. People are loyal to their deepest needs and they're loyal to their value system. 
even if we don't know what that is. So if there's a lack of fulfillment and contentment and, and you know, there's that sexual desire die off in a relationship, a woman will be the first to go. And the moment that she starts to language that she's fallen out of love with you, she has done for a very long time. And it's almost like all bets are off at that stage. So anyway, fast forward, she departs, she, she ends up um, leaving the relationship and the identity that we've upheld is the only one that's become enmeshed with hers. So when she leaves, so does, so, so does our identity. So we're standing there with our dick in our hand thinking, far out, man, where do I go to from here? Who am I? I feel lost, empty, confused, dead and empty inside. And then a man will go on into his head and say, I should have been better. I should have done better. And there's that shame that kicks in and that exacerbates the entire thing. So that's why men will stay in pain. Okay. It's hard. It's, you know, it's easy to get a man to get over his relationship. Okay. But this is why a lot of men will start putting in effort at the back end. And it's because the departure of the relationship, it's actually, it's not necessarily the partner that they want to get back. Cause if they really wanted that partner, they would have invested in that relationship during the course of it. It's they really want to get themselves back because they don't know who they are when they're not in that relationship. And that's where depression comes into it. Identity conflict. I don't know who I am yeah. in combination with grief. So to overcome that, that's why we're able to rapidly rebuild rebuild men from the ground up and overcome states of depression. I never claim that because I'm not a clinical psychologist, thankfully right. so, because that would limit the skill set significantly. Yeah. Um, however, man, like I've not seen anyone help men overcome depression as rapidly as we do. No, uh, agreed. I mean, I'm, I'm a byproduct. I, I can I can speak the truth about that because I, I did it myself. Uh, I yeah. want to jump back. There was a question about that. Um, about rapid transformation um mm. is rapid transformation ignoring the value of regrouping lee asks um i, I would think you would yeah. I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna lead you a bit here maybe but i would think that um you don't need one to do the other i suppose um i don't know what what, what, are, what are your what are your what's your answer yeah. to that one i i think and 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 I'm not so sure that I said rapid transformation. Maybe I did. I think maybe rapid change. So transformation takes a period of time because we have to emotionalize the, the lessons. Yeah. Transformation is a change of identity. And True. in order to do True. that, we must maintain what we what, what the change is in order for us to normalize that. So you think about it, for example, you've lived your entire life feeling depressed and anxious and fucking dead and empty inside. And you've lived quite a, a miserable, pathetic existence. I mean, respectfully speaking, then your nervous system has adjusted to that. Okay. So, so if you're feeling dead and empty inside, what do we seek? Emotional intensity to drive us out of the hole. So if we've got this emotional state, that's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. It's kind of like giving a box of crayons to someone and say, just draw with two colors. That's all you've got to, but there's like, there's so much that we get to experience in between in the emotional spectrum, you know, the, 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 the whole emotional repertoire, there's so many different feelings and emotions and all those types of things. But when we're seeking emotional intensity, it's the stress response, right? It's like it's like stress and adrenaline, you know, and euphoria versus like that depressed low vibrational frequency. So what happens is as we come out of a state where we've spent our entire life going up, down emotionally, then the nervous system seeks that and it seeks to reproduce the same emotional rhythm. And it does that very, very intelligently. So we'll pair up with a partner that'll cause that sort of intensity. So it's like emotional intensity, like peak highs and, and like real low lows, you know, then you remove yourself from that situation and then you'll reproduce it. You'll choose, you might choose to take drugs that produce the exact same emotional rhythm. You might go up into your head and do the same thing. Genuine happiness is not about emotional intensity. It's not euphoria. It's not excitement. It's inner peace, inner contentment, joy, bliss. Okay. It sits around here. But men, in order to get there, they don't think that that's happiness. They think euphoria is happiness. And that's just part of change. So I, so transformation is allowing us to maintain everything that we've learned. We're changing. We're normalizing peace and contentment without the chaos. And we need to, we, we need to normalize that in the body and the mind for an extended period of time. Therefore, that becomes our new norm. You know, at the start when I was talking about certainty, the body seeks certainty over, over variety first or unfamiliarity. So this is going to be unfamiliar. And this is the core reason why a lot of men, a lot of people don't recognize what self-sabotage is. Yeah. Self-sabotage is, is an unconscious construct. It's an unconscious um, you know, compulsion. We behave in certain ways that give us the shitty outcomes that we don't want. But that's driven because our nervous system and our, and our beliefs are driving that narrative and it constant, constantly puts us back in that hole routinely that we have to climb out of. So transformation takes a period of time, okay, because we have to maintain the identities that, that, that are responsible for that change. 
we aren't the change. We aren't the transformate transformed f- version first. Okay. We have to maintain everything in order to get us that. So that's a new developmental stage. And that, and that what I what I see the fastest possible way, 12 to 18 months, man, we have yeah. to maintain it. Yeah. yeah. No, I was, I was going to ask. That, yeah, that was, change that was, happens quick, man. Change yeah. happens really quickly. Now, I was yeah. going to ask like what kind of time frame uh, is, yeah. is ideal for, uh yeah. sort of locking in uh yes. a change how, how long you said yeah. eight, 12 to 18 months 12, 12, 12 to 18 months um is is very fast 12 to 18 months and that's why what we do is we open it's not like you know um the way that we've constructed i believe is the best way to construct it it's not a 12-week course and you get you know off you go you've paid your you've paid your fees you're not around anymore we, we keep it we keep it open until results are achieved and the reason for that is because of all the challenges that I went through. And I'm like, we need to build something that gets transformation. I'm only motivated by results, man, yep. you know, to, to get men across the line with their wellness. Yep. And, you know, we, as you know, man, we operate from a moral and ethical standpoint. And a lot of people aren't prepared to do that because they're driven by the dollar. I'm driven by integrity. Uh, amen. Well, I, I, and I can, again, speak to this. I, I plan on redoing the code uh, in January. Yeah. Because okay. uh, you know, I, I've had trials and tribulations over the over the last year, and yep. I need I need a re up. I need to yep. re relearn some of these things and reinforce some of them. And uh, yeah. I, I I thank you for allowing that to occur because oh, I, I, most people wouldn't. I think most people would not do that. They would say, "Okay, here, send me another you know uh, another check, and then you can do it yeah. again." And you don't yeah. do that, and it's fucking awesome, no. and I appreciate yeah. it. Oh, you're um, welcome. So let's, uh, I think there might be some more questions, but I don't feel like scrolling through. There's a lot of comments. Uh, everyone is very uh, in line with what you're saying. Um, mm. So let's, but let's move on to guys and I will review it. Just give me a few minutes. Uh, let's talk about anxiety. What, yeah. uh, what is it? Uh, how do you handle it? All those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm putting together a couple of free courses. Um, I, you know, there's a part, there's, you know, contributions and enormous um, value of mine. So we're having a look at, you know, I've done a, a recent survey in the ACA men's development group, um, the, the Facebook group, and, uh, and I've just put it out there yesterday. What is it that you guys need? Um, and some of the feedback that's come back is in and around a course that would help guys mitigate um, symptoms of anxiety. So what is anxiety? Anxiety sits in the fight or flight response. <clears throat> it's, a, it's a protective survival mechanism that's built inside of all of us uh, that keeps us alive, essentially. The other part of that is so that the, the primary emotions that sit inside a fight or flight response is anger and anxiety. So it's the fight or fight, fight or, fl- or freeze. So if you have a look at biology, and again, I, mean, I want to go back to the origin of things because it helps us pave the way psychologically and say, yeah, I understand why that might be the case. And I also want to have a look at how we can actually develop our personality features and character by utilizing anger, for example, and how that affects us in so many different ways. So anger is a repelling emotion. Okay, so it, it's the 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 nature and the features of anger causes us to push things and people away or scare it away, right? Or use that anger, that very powerful, enlivening, activating human emotion, to fight. Most men are divorced from that part of themselves. They might have grown up seeing an abusive father, and they thought, "Well, anger's bad, therefore masculinity is bad. It makes me wrong to be a man. It makes me wrong to feel anger." So what they do is they stuff it down. And they don't gain access to that very real masculine aspect of, of themselves. And we'll talk about that, like how it impacts our, our ability to set healthy boundary conditions, our assertive nature as men, not dominance, not abuse, not abuse, assertive nature, how it impacts our personality features, you know? So that's part of it. So, you know, you think back in caveman days, if there's a tribe or another tribe member that we run into and, you know, naturally what happens is social hierarchy kicks in. We look at them, we sum up, we size them up. And that's why we, that's why we size ourselves up against other guys are like, can I take him in business? Can I take him fighting? Can I take him? Am I better looking at him? Am I better handsome? It's a, just, it's our modern day version of doing so. So in this case, it's, can I fight him? Can I win? And if it's not, if it's, if it is the case, then that will trigger that fight or flight response. And then that will usually result in some type of anxiety because that prepares us, okay, to fight, but then also anger as well, because that also helps us to, to generate power to win the battle. And tribes do this, right? But then we might see a saber-toothed tiger. And we're like, no way in the world, man, I'm going to fucking line this guy up. So then fear kicks in. So then we flight, we run, okay? So we run away from it. 
And then the other one is freeze, which is no response. Okay. And, you know, we might size it up and see the, the saber tooth tiger and we go, fuck me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to freeze here in the tall grass, hoping that it doesn't see me. Most men these days, a fight, uh, sorry, a flight and freeze. It's, it's a fear response. And most men, this kicks in when there's an uncomfortable conversation to be had, when there's a perception of conflict about to take place. When a partner shows feelings or emotions and men will shut down, they'll freeze. And this is a form of abandonment for females. And this impacts the relationship because she sees a man as being weak. She can't trust him. She can't trust him emotionally. So when a woman, when a female shuts down emotionally, then she shuts down sexually as well. So in this case, this is kind of like the origin of, of the fight or flight response. Now, how does that impact our life? We've got a condition called general anxiety disorder, GAD. And so for men who live um, under the condition of GA, the general anxiety disorder, and you know where they say where there's wherever there's depression there will be anxiety that's a fear-based response and what i've seen to be true with the men that i've mentored and also within myself why does anxiety exist what is anxiety and i've and i've noticed that anxiety is what's called a surrogate emotion it steps in to do the job of the emotion that we don't want to feel because we fear it in a sense we're running away from that part of ourselves as opposed to feeling what's beneath the surface so we can actually heal it there's a saying if you can feel it you can heal it if you can't I won't, I won't be, if you can't gain access to it, then it won't be true. So how do men deal with that? You know, we medicate, okay. We self-medicate drugs and, you know, all those coping mechanisms that we talk about. But what most men will do is they'll feel an emotion like boredom, emptiness, inner deadness inside, depression, sadness, and then instant, almost instantaneously they'll, they'll go up into their head and then they'll attach meaning to the emotion. And they'll say, if I can just fix this problem outside of it, if I can mend the relationship, if I can do this, 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 or this, then I can, fi- then I can change my internal state, right? So then this gives birth to hyper-controlling behaviors where we try to control outcomes. We try to prepare for the worst. So we go up in our head and we, we role-play something that hasn't existed yet. And we say, if I can, because unconsciously what we're doing is if I can prepare for the worst by already reliving it, then by the time I get to that event, then I've got a solution for it. And that's, I can control the outcome. I can, if I change my partner, that will make me feel less jealous and insecure and less anxious. So then we try to control people and situations. And what we're really trying to do is control our emotional state, but we can't control anything that's external to us. We can only control things that are internal to us. So anxiety is a surrogate emotion, man. Yeah, it steps in to do the to to do the work of the emotion that we don't want to feel or that we're petrified to feel, and that's why when I did the breakup experiment, I said I feel anxious. I went up to my head, and then I had to bring myself back down into my body and feel the authentic emotion that sits in the body. And I know that that's just energy that I need to release through crying or anger or punching my fucking bed or whatever it might be. It's a somatic experiencing. It's a full body experience that allows it to get released from the body so that it's not stored that comes out later on through either physical illness or mental and emotional conditions. Yeah. I, man, I've been working with a somatic therapist uh, recently and mm-hmm. man, that shit. I mean, we talk about it in week three in the alpha code and I've yeah. just kind of deepened that uh, and tried to really yeah. focus on it. And it is, it is incredibly powerful. I, I can it's- tell you where I'm at when um, by, by, by noticing my body, like I, I will know I'm anxious without realizing I'm anxious based on where my stomach's at or some, or, or whatever. I'll be like, Oh shit, I'm stressed because now I feel it in my back or whatever. It's, it's, it's fucking weird and awesome all at the same time. Yeah. Um, I want to, I want to back up to uh, drill down. There's a couple comments here. There's a lot of comments. Uh, so please, uh, resentment. Uh, we're talk- sort of talking about anger. Uh, Lee is asking mm-hmm. resentment, not anger. Um, uh, just flat out resentment. Um, I'm not sure exactly what you're asking, Lee, but w- you mean what is that maybe, or what? How do we combat that? I'm not 100 sure, but I think mm-hmm. he's looking at resentment. Uh, what is what is that? How do you? How do oh, you uh, uh, unresolved, unresolved um, uh, conflict unresolved conflict yeah holding on to something without there being a resolution so there's a lack of acceptance mm. yeah so so essentially it kind of goes back to that anger that has not been released yet and if you release your anger it'll release resentment and the idea is that you don't if you're still feeling anger and resentment towards the next partner it's because you still love them and you haven't gone through the healing process which basically means you haven't reached that place of acceptance 
what you want to feel around your ex-partner is a feeling of what's called indifference, neither here nor there. You see them walking down the street. It's like, well, there's no, there's no emotion that comes up. That's when you know you've truly, truly healed. Uh, but when there's anger still there, there's unfinished business to take care of. I always say, and a very simple thing for those who are listening to this, um, let your emotion guide you to do what you what, what it wants you to do. And that's not to go around and punch holes through the, you know, your ex-partner's fucking door and all sorts of stuff. That's, you know, we've got to be, we've got to be mature about this stuff, but there's certainly ways that you can do it. Sadness. What's that want you to do? Cry, right? Yeah. Anger. What's that want you to do? Yell and scream. Do, do that. Wind up your window, man. You know, put music up loud. So you don't look a fucking psychopath and scream your head off, you know, what, what else? Take a baseball bat to your, to your bed and unload. Um, if you're an angry person, you really, you're, you're really just a sad person. So with someone that's walking around with age and uh, rage and anger and resentment, it's just sadness, man. It's covering sadness. But it, again, anger can be a surrogate emotion. It, it steps in to do the work for the emotion that we don't want to feel. So it kind of morphs into anger because we don't want to feel sadness and we get angry at the other person for betraying us. You know, it might be something like an ontological shock, man, which really throws people out and which is the, which is a it's a reevaluation, reassessment, and a questioning of everything when, once betrayal's taken place. You're in a relationship with someone you thought that you knew, and you find out that she's cheated, and then you you question every aspect of that relationship. And because you thought that that was true and that was real for you, you then begin to question all aspects of life, and then you end up in this enormous shock. And you're like, "Fuck! I just don't know what's true. I've lost trust for myself. I've lost trust for everyone else." And there's the ultimate confusion comes in. And again, it's unsettling, man. You know, it really is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I want to, uh, a gentleman in here, um, he, I want to read this statement to you, and I, I want you to dive into this one. He says, my boundaries were not good when angry. Fights led to mental and verbal abuse to the person I never wanted to hurt. What do you say to that, man? Because yeah. I think you have something to say to him. Boundary conditions. Um, so anger is a repelling emotion. And anytime that you're angry, you're attempting to push a partner away. Again, it's and, and anger can also be, can happen as a consequence of, um, of having attachment fears. So the, the closer that we get to someone, if we have attachment fears, anger will kick in to cause a problem to push the other person away. So we have a look at a relationship, for example, and we give context around the, the, the question from multiple different ways so you can, you can truly understand what it might be doing. You have a, you're in a relationship with someone, you get really close to them at the start, a lot of passion and sex and intimacy. Okay, then compatibility comes in, that intensity drops, and then you've got, that's where love truly develops okay because love's not infatuation love takes time you have to see trust which is the the congruency of words and actions over a period of time or multiple times depending on your convince the strategy for your nervous system to relax and once your nervous system relaxes, you become more open and vulnerable and you let that person in emotionally but if you have attachment fears and you've got that built-in distancing tactic what that will do is the closer that you get to someone or the closer that they get to you Notice how they'll start an argument to push you away when things are good. So what we've got is this proximity of love and, and, it, and we can't get any closer because one person puts in effort, the other person it pushes away and that triggers their abandonment anxiety. They run away. Then this triggers their abandonment anxiety. They push forward. So we've got this relationship where the proximity never gets closer. It's, it, it never allows us to form um, a deep bond and connection because we can't get close enough. Okay, So that's one reason why anger might kick in. Anger might also happen hurt from hurt. So if we look at what, what is happening in those moments, it probably it might be by the sounds of things um, not, not truly being heard or understood. And this is all childhood stuff. So if you weren't heard or understood as a child and you learned to get angry, kick and scream and throw your fucking toys around the house and that got people's attention, then that's a learned response. That's a strategy that you'll maintain to get attention. Yep. So if you need to be loud and you learned that maybe at the dinner table, your, your parents fucking you know, argued a lot and that got, got everyone's attention, then that's an attention-seeking strategy that you're using. Um, underlying anger issues, underlying sadness issues is the core of that, those issues. So my suggestion in and around that would be to, first of all, you have to release that energy from the body, okay? <laughs> then you've got to reprogram things. And you've actually got to, in, in moments of conflict, that can, that can stimulate anger because you're, you're getting closer to feelings of vulnerability and anger prevents the person from gaining access to that part of you. So that repels them away. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm uh, living proof of it. I, 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 Me too. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, let me let me co cover us a few more here. Uh, a lot of comments, uh, a lot of fucking comments, which is awesome. Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Um, situational anger, uh, usually okay. I get low blows, and it leads me back to anger. Um, does the unfinished business does the unfinished business that leads to anger? uh connected to events surround the divorce process what is that does the unfinished business that leads to anger connected to events around it? well yeah i would say if if you have uh unresolved issues of course that will lead to um a, i mean eventually a divorce really right oh uh, I, I, sooner or later it's quite it's, it's quite destructive it's not channeled effectively so just on anger um i want to come back to it if, if we if if we as men have a problem with the emotion anger we will also have a difficult time setting boundaries healthy boundary conditions we'll have um, a difficult time stimulating um, um, feelings of motivation and drive we'll have issues with achieving goals and um, pursuit and ambition in life because it's driven by that we'll have issues with a development of our masculine energy uh, we'll have um, issues with assertiveness so we'll be taken advantage of it's kind of like that people pleasing archetype you know, the people pleasing persona, the real nice guy that just wants, is overly accommodating, wants to do everything for everyone else. Okay. But deep down, he resents everyone because they don't give back to him. And then he acts that acts out his dissatisfaction with the worst form of communication, which is passive aggressive being a communicator. And what that does, that's like slamming doors, shutting down, doing the silent treatment. And it's all, it's all an attention seeking strategy. Um, and, but what it really demonstrates is the weakness of character because he can't be forthright to the point and deliberate with his communication style. And therefore he has, it's the fastest way to fuck any relationship being passive aggressive. Men need to learn how to tolerate uncomfortable feelings and emotions in order to develop the character. It's super important that we learn to integrate anger because it's just built in and it's just part of us. And if guys are amputating that emotion from the, from the emotional repertoire, they're going to live a very chaotic life and a very passive life and a very pathetic life. And I just say, you know, I'm very careful with my word selection, but the word pathetic is quite demeaning almost, but it's an accurate representation and description of the type of character that a lot of men are, um, uh, that have built into their personality features and they're, they're, how they go about life. It's quite pathetic. Yeah, uh, I unfortunately agree, and I I can agree, and uh, it it hits home because that was me. That was yeah. Me. Well, yeah, yeah. A lot of guys, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, there. Let's do one more thing on anger. Uh, guy, uh, Pete is asking. Pete, I love you. And Matt, no worries about the question. I know you're typing on your phone, brother. Uh, Pete's asking, how do you resolve anger when the trigger of that anger uh, is regularly or constantly reoccurring? So I would guess maybe you have to see your ex constantly. I know I have this issue. Um, yes. How do you deal with that when you're faced? With I, I, yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a question framework that I think you should really. It, so so no one's responsible for your emotional states. Only you are emotional for the emotional state. Okay. So if you're constantly if you're constantly exposing yourself to the stimulus that's activating that emotional state, you have to ask yourself the question. What is it specifically about this that is a problem for me? And that will lead you closer to the truth of what you've got to overcome. Because what happens is a lot of us are really what's called, it's the first stage of learning. It's called unconscious competence. We don't know what the problem is. We're completely deleting the, the, the information. So what we do is through that question, we have to gain awareness around the problem in order to change the problem. If we can't, if we don't change, if we don't have awareness, then we can't change the problem because it doesn't really exist. But the problem is happening at an unconscious level. So what we need to do is take it from the unconscious level. We have to take it from the unconscious level, bring it into the, to our consciousness so that we can language it. And when we can language it, then it's a part of our reality. So if we ask ourselves the question, how is this a problem for me? What is it specifically that's causing this, that's, that's, that's creating this problem? And then if we get a pen and paper out and we begin to dissect it, man, we, pro we write it down. We say, you know, we, we strategize it. We pull it all apart. That way we can actually see it. We take the information from here or from back here to here to on paper. And we have to think to write, which means we get a lot more clarity around it. Then we can have a look at the problem. Then we have something fucking tangible that we can deal with, right? But again, unresolved issues, man. If you're, if you're still harboring resentment, it's because you haven't reached that place of acceptance. And that goes through the healing cycle. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's move on to uh, 
the fourth topic, uh, feeling lost and lacking direction. And I think this is one that a hmm. lot of these guys face because they've lost their identity. They've yep. lost their purpose. Now they yes. don't know what the fuck to do. Uh, and mm. I can I can relate. I, I, I can relate to that. Uh, thankfully, I found yeah. the Alpha Code at, at a point in my journey, and it, it started to put me back together and allow me to find my purpose, which is what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. But what do you do uh, as a man who has gone through a divorce and he's feeling helpless and hopeless? Yeah, great question. First of all, uh, we're, we're listening to the language of helpless and hopeless. Um, <clears throat> helplessness feel, is, is the feeling that, we can't be helped. Then that turns into hopelessness. I'm running out of hope and that leads to despair. And then we've got a real big problem. Okay. Cause then we, then we start questioning life. What's the purpose of life. Um, that's my concern with men is that they don't get the help that they need, which is, which is, and I have to be honest about it. It's not readily available, man. No. There's not a lot of options with regards to this type of work and helping men reassemble themselves, patch themselves back up, get out of pain. And then get to a place where they're genuinely thriving in life and have a have purpose and, and true fucking meaning to life. So we're talking about men that have lost themselves and they've lost their way. Um, they've lost their way because they've lost lost themselves, and that's that's complete self neglect. Okay, and that stems from self worth issues. Okay, and and so what happens is when we've got self worth problems is we will act and behave in ways to gain acceptance and approval from everyone else so that we can feel good about ourselves. And in the process of doing so, we disconnect from our authentic self and become who everyone else needs us to be. And we're abandoning our true identity. And that happens because we have, we don't like the person that we are and we seek to fit in and just please people because that gives us a sense of value. We might construct relationships in a way that has the other person depend on us. And if they need us, they'll never leave us. And that eases our abandonment anxiety, right? So we become hyper-controlling in that sense. Guys who end up out of relationship that feel lost and confused, that is somewhat normal after, after the end of a relationship and a breakup because there's just so much that needs rearranging, especially if kids are involved, we're starting a brand new life and that's going to be met with a lot of uncertainty, which means there's going to be some anxiety there too. Now, to, 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 to rebuild ourselves the fastest way that we're able to do this, we, as you know, we do this through what's called a values elicitation and identity extraction session. So it's a framework of questioning that allows us to get to the authentic values. And then those values become um, the extension of those values become identities. And then those identities have behaviors. <clears throat> so ultimately, if we haven't been living aligned to our authentic self, we'll feel things like depressed. We'll feel things like anger. We'll feel, uh, you know, sadness, confusion, emptiness, feeling lost. Um, lack of fulfillment in life. But the moment that we live aligned to our authentic values, all those things collapse because we're now living our authentic self. And what happens is we begin to, the more that we begin to, the more that we be who everyone else needs us to be, the more that we out practice our authentic self. So we kind of detach from ourselves, and that kind of circles back around to that feeling of loneliness because we don't like the person that we are. We don't know the person that we are. So we feel completely disconnected. So the way that we do this is we find the core values, we give the framework to make decisions, and then very quickly, that's why we're over to over, overcome um, feelings of depression and anxiety very quickly is because we have those week three emotional growth um, and development tools, and we also have the framework to live our authentic self. And that, that those two things there are fucking priceless, man, with helping men rebuild themselves from the ground up. Um, that gives us clarity. That gives us certainty. Uh, most guys who live their life to please other people actually don't know how to make decisions for themselves because they may be making decisions for everyone else living in somebody else's life. So when it comes time to living our own life, it, it's, it, it can be quite powerful in terms of the feeling like self-assurance and that level of confidence that we get rapidly is something that is very quickly met with self-sabotage because we don't feel worthy and deserving. We haven't embodied it yet. We haven't embodied the identity yet. We haven't done the, undergone the transformation. So we're experiencing change, but that's why we need to be held in an environment that keeps our feet to the fire and we have coaching support and most of all accountability to ensure that people are following through for a period of time so they experience transformation. And it's about being held in an environment that supports transformation, not just change. Yeah. And I want to, I want to, I want to really drill down, down on this and I want to use myself and I'm feeling very fucking emotional, honestly, thinking about it. Uh, my code, yeah, my code, um, you know, yeah. there, there's, it's, it's a list, but uh, it, it changed me because it gave me a roadmap and connection uh, and leadership and, and love. Mm -hmm. And these things drove me and drive me now. And um, that's what he's talking about guys. When he talks about the alpha code, when he talks about your uh, living aligned to your values, that's what it is. It's finding these things that make you, 
tick that fill your cup? What are the things that you love to do? And, and how does that drill down into a value? And that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing because Justin through the alpha code allowed me to find my, my code, my values. And that's what this shit is all about. That's what leads you to finding who you are is your values period. Right. Oh, absolutely, man. And, and, and I've got to commend you, man. You followed your bliss, man. You followed your truth. And that's a pure example of saying, you know, I'm going to move into something that gives me the highest level of fulfillment and contribution and change. My belief is this, is that, you know, everyone's got their belief and cho please choose to, to take it on board or just completely, you know, reject it. But I look at, I look at, you got to look at things through a different lens. It's like what, what's still on the planet. It's anything that remains on the planet contributes to something greater than itself because it has resort resources. It has value. Right. And so for, why would men choose to take their life? Because they're no longer, they're useless right? In their eyes, they're useless. There's no use for them anymore. There's no value. And the emotions lead them to that decision. So when we look at the contrast of that rapidly, we ask ourselves the question when we're not feeling great, we're not feeling when it's out of alignment. So we have a framework very quickly snaps us back in the gear. And it's like, fuck, man, I've just been living out of alignment. So when you live your authentic truth, man, you start to feel confident, self-assured, fucking powerful, enlivening, activating human emotions that allow you to just, just drive positivity in your life. And it happens very, very quickly. That's an example of change. When you get your code, like, fuck, man, things have changed rapidly, but we have to maintain it. And you have, and it's led you to your truth. We've had guys that turned up in broken relationships and, and you know, we've, we've, they're, they're now become coachers, you know, after our 12, 12 month courts, they've now become coaches to step in their truth and they're giving from the greatest gift. So contribution, my, my idea is this, is that, you know, there's no coincidence why we find ourselves in the situation that we are. And I think we have to look at a higher level, almost spiritually, man, because that's what purpose really drives us towards that spiritual connection and truth. We go, we undergo a transformation. We experience pains, metamorphosis. When we're killing off an odd identity and giving birth to the new one, it's painful. Okay. But it's fulfillment. Once we step into the new one, we have to, we don't get to sidestep challenge or pain. It's just a natural consequence of being a living organism on planet Earth. It is what it is. Let's change our perception around what's, what we're really going through here, which is growth. It's an, an enormous opportunity for growth, yes. which then means yes. that we, we change the person that we are. We move through the problems that we have, and then we come out the other side, and then we get to show somebody else how to do that for themselves. And that gives us true purpose and value. That allows us to feel valuable because we're contributing at the highest level. Yeah. It's kind of like you know, a very simple example of it is <clears throat> learning to tie your own shoes. You kind of need a mentor to teach you how to tie your shoes for a period of time, right? Yep. There's no harm in that. First of all, you don't even know this fucking shoelaces or shoes to tie when, you, when you're young, but someone teaches you and says, this is how you need to do it. We yep. become dependent on them to learn how to tie our shoes. Then we become independent because we've tied our shoes for a period of time that we know how to do it. We no longer need the mentor. Then what happens is we go from, from dependent to in independent, to interdependent, which is now teaching other people to tie their shoes. And so it's the ripple effect, man. You know, and that's what I'm passionate about, about guys going out there and creating the ripple effect. And man, let's go out there and change the lives of men together. That's my fucking, that's my run. Uh, amen. And, and clearly you're doing that. Um, I want to, I want to. As are you. Uh, well, I, thank you, sir. And, and we had this conversation. Yes, it was yesterday or two days ago. And that's something I'm working on uh, in 2022. Yeah. Receiving is still weird to me, but thank you. <laughs> Uh, Man, I, I just want to say, I was having a conversation with, um, I was saying, I was having a conversation with my mum last night. We've developed a really good friendship now. Um, it's well balanced. It's, you know, it used to be codependent. Um, but, you know, and it used to be quite challenging, but now we've both healed our stuff, man. And we just have a friendship now, which is quite nice. And I was telling her about, you know, we're doing this, um, you know, interview and podcast today. And I said, it's what, with one of my graduates, I'm extremely fucking proud of him. And I told her about what you've assembled for yourself. And she just thought that, that was the most incredible thing that, you know, anyone's put together because it's a one-stop shop, man, for what everyone needs, man, and all the resources. And I, I think it's, I'm, and I'm blown away by what you've created, man. So Thank you've you. done an incredible job, bro. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Well, and, you know, like I said, I'm working on that receiving thing. So it's hard for me not to go, well, yeah, but it was your part of that. And that's truth. And I appreciate you uh, tremendously, man. I wouldn't be here otherwise. Um, yeah. whew, that makes me emotional. All right. I'm, I'm looking at reading some things here. Um, yeah. There's a lot of comments. Some of it is just uh, guys saying you nailed it. Um, you know, they have things that, that they seem to can't, they can't get done because uh, mm -hmm. they can't figure out who they are. People pleasing yeah. led to anger, op exact opposite of what he wanted. Uh, it just, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Donnie. I don't know about a saint, but I appreciate it, brother. Um, <laughs> uh, it's let's, true. 
let's uh let's talk about i think probably one of the major topics um mm. is is uh obsessing over an x i think oh, we, yeah. we we all kind of do it uh i, I mean mm. those of us that go through a breakup through a divorce uh, in particular yeah. Um, you know, why do we do that? And, and what do we do about it? Why do, why do some guys at me in the beginning, you know, what's she doing on social media? Who's she, mm. you know, if I'm around her at a function, is she texting? Is she on her phone? Like, why do we do that shit? Yeah. 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 Well, let's get to the core of it. And, and it might not be, and I guarantee you, it's not what you think. Um, we've spoken about emotional rhythm and that vibrational frequency in the body. So every emotion has a vibrational frequency. And so if we, all the, all the negative emotions, we'll call them negative for the, just to put it into context, I like to call it dark because negative gives it a negative connotation. They are not bad. They're not wrong. Okay. So, so I've actually changed the language and the dialogue around that, which is the dark emotions, but they vibrate at a low frequency. Now, if your body gets used to that vibrational frequency, then it will seek to, to recreate that same emotional rhythm in the body. Same thing as if you're experiencing positive or lighter emotional states, and that's what your body's normalized, then that will be the case too. So let's just say that you're, you've been in that relationship and there's been that emotional intensity up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down, and that's no longer there. Unconsciously, the mechanism will be at an unconscious level for, for the body to recreate the same emotional rhythm. So what does this do? It guides us to, to, to make decisions and, and behaviors and take actions that will recreate that thing. So going onto our phone and seeing what she's up to will increase adrenaline and stress. What's our body used to? Adrenaline and stress. Yeah. Why do we want to feel adrenaline and stress? Because we don't want to feel depressed. So anything that activates that emotional intensity kickstarts the nervous system and prevents us from feeling dead and empty inside. So when we're lonely, I guarantee you guys, you'll, 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 um, you'll notice this is when you're sitting alone, um, when you've got that downtime, when you're feeling lonely and when you're feeling dead and empty inside or boredom, bang, the X will come into your mind. And you think that she's the emotional beholder. She's not the emotional custodian. She's not, she didn't make you happy. No one's responsible for your happiness. If anything, it's a gift because by the absence of her, you get to see the true you, what's really going on. And the best thing to do right now is to actually build self-worth, um, develop a strong sense of self, which is really rebuild your identity. A lot of people, so what I recognize, man, I went on this purpose to try and find myself, right? We hear this all the time. We see people traveling around the world and going on this fucking two-year mission, going to India, meditating and all sorts of stuff. And they got to find themselves, which presupposes that themselves exists outside of them, right? I've got a different framework. Fucking rebuild yourself yeah. by design, man. You know, who? Do, what kind of man do you want to become? Yeah. You know, have a look at yourself now, you know, like have a, have a real honest fucking conversation with yourself and say, is this the type of man that I want to be moving forward? Get your fucking achievers hat on, man. Get moving, you know, like get that, you get the drive inside of you, get moving, get stimulated, get fucking life back in you, you know, and have some motivation and get relentless with your growth. Yep. Because guys are sitting there timid and fucking, and it's like, man, get to fucking work, man. You've got a life to live, you know? We're in their 30s and 40s, and kind of like a third way through your life. You've got to think about this, man. The question that we always got to ask ourselves is what I'm doing now is the life that I've lived, the experience that I've had. If I was to go tomorrow, would I be completely satisfied? And it's a conversation that I have with myself routinely. Yeah. And that allows me to understand my vision. I'm like, what do I need to get done between now and those final days? And that's a big conversation to have with yourself. Yeah. so rebuilding yourself is really important absolutely man off the back end so the reason why we do what we do with regards to obsessing over x is because of that emotional intensity that we seek because we're sidestepping feelings of emotions that we don't like and that's why we do it what do we do and so it just goes into the narrative and just fits very conveniently into that narrative yeah well um we could do this forever uh justin uh, uh it, it's uh a lot of positive comments, brother. Um, I know that we had talked uh, when we had talked about this. You had talked about you were you were probably going to put together uh, like a ninety minute uh, training session, free yeah. to, free to these guys. Um, yes. <laughs> you you mentioned that uh, there was going to be a sign up link. I don't know if you can tell me and I can type it, or if you want to send it to me in the chat here. Yeah. I'll, pay, I'll yeah. paste it in the room. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. I we don't. I don't have a sign up link. Now, I'm not too sure where guys are at. Like, I like to give the opportunity if guys are really having an emotional heart attack now and they've, because because I, I recognize this, that most of us will try and solve the problem behind so, so, closed doors first. Yep. And we do this through self-help books. You know, we look at online material, uh, YouTube, video clips, podcasts, things like that. And then we become addicted to hope because that gives us the boost. It's like, oh, I'm fucking normal. 
it confirms and I feel a little bit relieved and it's nice, but it's a short period of time. Um, then we go and seek professional help. We work yeah. with a psychologist, counselor, therapist, and that, and then we realize over a period of time that that hasn't worked as well. Um, I, I'm happy to give an opportunity now for guys to jump on a call if they're serious about change. I know we've talked, spoken about the alpha code a little bit here. I actually wasn't prepared for it, but um, seeing as though you've asked it, I know there's guys and that sounds like they're quite enthusiastic about their growth and development. What I can do is um, give a link to guys and just ask them, would they be interested in jumping on a call to see if it's the right fit to work together? And if it is, then we can, I can, you know, have a call with them. 60 minutes, we'll sit down um, and I'll, you know, it's a self-discovery. I'll help them understand the core of their problem. And then we can discuss if and how we can help them. Just ask if the guys are listening now and if there's a, just to get them to put a thumbs up or something in the comment, if there's enough of those, man, I'm happy to share a link and they can fill out that form. We can get on a call and, and see what we can do. Um, uh, guys, put it in the chat. Interested. Just, just type in interested and yeah. uh, we'll get you some info. Yeah. Um, otherwise, um, I will be doing a, and I don't have a link for it just yet, but um, the, I can, yeah, 90 minute live training about how to build genuine self-worth and confidence and rebuild yourself after a relationship is, uh, is a presentation that I've put together. And, um, and I have run before and it's been very successful in terms of helping guys really understand the core of their problems and how to overcome it for themselves. It doesn't give tools. It's an education session, that one. Um, so it doesn't give solutions to it, so to speak, in terms of tools and application of it. However, it'll bring a high level of insight. It's that same thing that I said before. If you know about the problem, then at least you're aware of it and you can make sense of it. And it's potent. Uh, I think I got about 15 here, Justin. Interested? Yep. You guys are fucking unreal. Good on you. So let me just share this link in the chat section here. Yep. And I'll copy over and, and uh, I'll, yeah. I'll paste it in. So what I'll, what I'll say now, guys, just to be transparent about it, man, we all, and Mike, you will know this, man, we, we operate from the highest level, you know, moral and ethical business practices. Um, we don't accept every application. I just want to put this out there because it's important for you to know just so there's no disappointments at the back end of that call or even through the application process there. Um, we do this for you. We don't receive a man's money unless I feel like I'm, it's 100% fit. That's the reason why I do all these calls because you start putting sales guys in and they start looking at commission and all sorts of shit. I want to make sure that it's the right fit and that I can help you. Um, a lot of you guys have been taken advantage of, man, and, um, and that's, a, that's a pattern that we need to stop. Um, that's why I don't receive a man's money and bring him in if it's not hundred percent fit. But as you know, hopefully through the, the tone of today's conversation, we're results driven, man. And, uh, and we, when we invite a man in, it's because we can both have full confidence knowing that it's the right fit. And, uh, and that that's aligned with our, our core values as an organization to making sure that we help men. I can say firsthand that a lot of people I've invested over half a million dollars in my personal development and, uh, and a lot of people have taken my money and haven't delivered results. So we want to make sure that it's the right fit. And if it's not, Hey, at the end of that call, no hard feelings. I'll point you in a different direction that I think might be a better fit. Um, but if it is the right fit, it's a mentoring process. I take you under my wing. I bring you into the environment. It's like you become a part of the family, man, and your problems become our challenges. We work through those things together. We get behind you in an environment with other men that support you to your fucking greatness. And, uh, and, and make no mistake, guys, that we will get you across the line with your wellness. We will rebuild you from the ground up, and you will come out the other side of that, a fucking confident, self-assured man. And I know that without a shadow of a doubt. I, I, man, it, uh, fucking a, it makes me emotional. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a hundred percent true. And guys, I want to, I want to point out something. These guys know that this group, there's almost 6,000 men in this group. I don't mm. allow life coaches into this group, uh, yeah. because I don't Good. want men to be taken advantage of. And but that comes from this man right here because integrity is what he is all about. And so my stance on this comes from Justin and that's why, um, it, 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 that's why I am who I am is because of him. And, and I highly recommend you guys get in touch with Justin and see if it fits and I can yeah. promise you it will change your life. Oh yeah, absolutely. You will have, you, you become an emotionally self-reliant independent man. And, uh, guys, let me just say this little final words, man, you, you deserve it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a birthright for you to, to, to have a good life. We get one of these things. And if this is your calling, man, like don't sidestep it. Some of you guys might have a fear of change. It's like, well, big fucking deal you know it's just a feeling it's just an emotion when you're guided by those who, who have walked the path before you we know exactly what needs to be done so um yeah man pop it down i'd be really keen i'll, I'll have a look at the applications that come through 
And I'm very much excited to connecting with you and um, and seeing if it's the right fit to to help you guys, man. 2022, let's make it the best year yet, hey? Let's make it hey, the fucking man. best year yet. Hey, Amen. Well, Justin, I want to thank you, man. This is awesome. I appreciate you. I appreciate it. And uh, it, guys, uh, if if you want to get in touch with him, otherwise on social media, uh, you have the Alpha Code Academy, I believe, is on Instagram. And ACA Men's Development is a Facebook group that Justin also runs. It's uh, similar to this, uh, where he posts uh, on a regular. So uh, reach out to him in those places as well, but hit that application. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But gents, appreciate your time uh, and your presence and uh, yeah, in in your involvement. Sounds like there's a lot of of messages that are going through there. So um, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Take care of yourself, Justin. I appreciate it. Okay, brother. Good stuff. See you, Mike. Take care. Thank you so much for watching and or listening. Thank you to Nick Coyle and Lifer for allowing me to use their song, Born Again, which you're hearing now and at the intro to the podcast. Thank you to Justin Dullahanty and all of my brothers at The Alpha Code. Please visit the website, risingphoenixpodcast.com to connect with me and other like-minded men who are looking to thrive and grow after their divorce. And remember to surround yourself with people who add value to your life who challenge you to be greater than you were yesterday, who sprinkle magic into your existence like you do to theirs. Life is not meant to be done alone. Find your tribe. Take care.